and by. And when you feel a little prayer wheel turning, you know a little fire is burning. You find a little talk with Jesus will make it all right. Amen. Cast all your cares upon the Lord, for he careth for you. So sit down with your coffee and just have a little talk with Jesus. Tell him all about your troubles. Tell him what you're going through. Amen. Tell him what you feel. Tell him what's happening, you know. Amen. And you'll find a little talk with Jesus, so make it all right. Amen. Well, it was good last week of this lesson. Amen. The new lessons are back there, so make sure you get it for you head out tonight. Amen. So we want to pick up. We're talking about this better way. Amen. Better way. And, and the focus here is in the major prophets, you find that God is constantly giving his people warning. And that's that's what you find a lot of times in the Old Testament to the prophets is God is trying to give us warning to look, you're out of the way. You're not in the right way. You're not doing the right thing. So get back in the way so that you don't have troubles and problems. See, because God was leading them. God was trying to show them. He was trying to, to take them to the better place. And Moses, when you go back and you look at the Pentateuch, and as Moses began to, uh, and the book of Deuteronomy, you know, which is a recapitulation of the other parts of the, of the Pentateuch, he's trying to give them a, a, another warning. That when they come into the promised land, the things they should not do, don't take on the ways of the the people that are there because he tells them it will pull your heart away from God. And it's the same way with you and I when we come into this land of promise, when we come into this new birth, this new life, God's word is trying to warn us, don't continue to go back the old way that you came from. You know, uh, even with the children of Israel, the wise men, when they came, to bring their gifts to the Lord at his birth. What did the angel tell them? Go a different way. You know, don't go back the same way you came. Go a different way. And so we've got to get into this, this mindset that God's way is so much better for us. Or sometimes it may not seem clear right as the start. Sometimes it may seem a little hard. Sometimes it may seem a little rough. But you've got promises from God. I'm not going to leave you. And I'm not going to forsake you. When you look at the children of Israel, they had the cloud by day. They had the pillar of fire by night to lead them. And that's why in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul says, I wouldn't have you to be ignorant, brother. All our fathers was under the cloud. and They passed through and was baptized to Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all had the same meat, the same spiritual drink. Then they drank from that rock that followed them because that rock was Christ. So we, we need to realize that Jesus is with us, too. He's leading us. He's taking us to a better place. And so we have to get into that mindset that we want to be in his way. Now, as the Lord told Jeremiah, stand ye and see and ask, where's the old paths? And where's the good way? And walk therein. You're going to what? You're going to find rest for your soul. Amen. Because God don't want us to be distressed. He don't want us to be all tired and wore out. Because if that happens, then you're not going to accomplish what he wants us to do. We have to have the stamina and the abilities, the endurance to keep going. Last week, we was, we, in the past couple of weeks, we looked at about the way of peace. You know, and so we have to ask ourselves, am I living in peace? Am I walking in peace? Am I doing the things that make for peace? I don't want to engage in violence. If you look at our world today, it seems like everything is about violence. 
you know, people are, you know, jumping on cars and burning buildings and everything. But, you know, the scripture is going to fulfill itself. You're going to reap what you sow. You know, and so therefore, I want to be in that right way. I don't want to do things that don't make peace. I want to do things that make for peace. Amen. I have to, you know, be willing to forgive. I have to be willing to take the first step to bring about peace uh, in the situation or in the circumstance. I can't uh, wait on someone else to try to bring peace to me. I need to be the, the, the bigger of the group or the bigger of the crew. Amen. So we want to make peace. We, his ways of peace is, is so much better. Amen. And so we want to walk in that way. So tonight we want to look at a few of the others. Hopefully we'll try to get through them. Number two, the way of righteousness. Notice the way of righteousness. Proverbs twelve twenty eight says, In the way of righteousness is life, and in the pathway thereof there is no death. So we, when you read scriptures, there is so much about righteousness. You know, righteousness, it comes from that root word to mean right. You know, to when we think of right, we think of people that does uh, right things. They're just, they're correct, and they follow the rules and the regulations, and, and they, they just want to be what right, you know. And so that's what God desires of us. And once we come into this knowledge of truth, he puts us in the right way. And we know in the book of Revelation, chapter 19, verse 8, it tells us that the white linen of the saints of God is righteousness. Revelation 19, 8. See, so if the white linen is righteousness, then what is trying to show us here is that God's character is indicated by the righteousness. And so we are clothed in his righteousness. We put on it, Ephesians 6 says, the breastplate of righteousness. See, and so we want to learn to do what is right. It's important that we get to that point in our walk with God because he's a God of righteousness. See, and he wants us to learn to do right. If the enemy finds that you're not going to do right, guarantee you he's going to work on your your way in unrighteousness. He's going to do everything he can in his power to keep you from doing right all the time because he knows that unrighteousness cannot enter there. Say, And so you want to purpose in your heart that I'm going to do the things that brings about righteousness. So in the way of righteousness is what? Life. Now think about life. Amen. Jesus says in John 10, 10, the thief comes not but for to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that more abundantly. See, so an abundant life is a service life, is a content life, is a life that, you know, is is bubbling over with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And so to be right is going to bring me life. Because I'm going to be edifying in myself. Amen. And so this is what God is trying to get us to see the value of being right and doing right. You know, Paul tells us to think on the things that are just and pure and, and, and right. See, and so this is what we want to do is because we become what we take on and what we do. 
say. And so this is what he wants. 2 Peter 2.21 says, For it had been better for them than not to have known the ways of righteousness than after they have known it, eternally from the holy commandments delivered unto them. Say, once God shows us something, he desires us to continue to follow that pathway. So he brings us into the paths of righteousness and in the ways of righteousness, and he desires us to continue in that right way. Proverbs 8.20 says, I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment. Amen. I lead in the ways of righteousness. God goes before us in right ways. He shows us the right way to live. So how do we develop righteousness? We read God's word. James tells us, don't be a hearer of the word, doer of the word. Study God's word. How much does it take to, to know his word, to study? The more you study, the more you know, the more you understand, the more he shows. It's a book of instruction. That's why the Bible tells us in 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17, all scripture are given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections and instructions and what? Righteousness. Amen. 2 Timothy 3, 16. Why? So that the man of God or the woman of God would be what? Perfect. Thoroughly furnished unto all good works. See, when we study God's word, it's going to show us what is right versus wrong. It'll show us how to live right, to do right, so that we'll have the life that he wants us to have. He wants us to be right. He wants us to be that reflection of him. He wants his character to be shown through us. And all that we do, we're supposed to be furnished for everything. No matter the situations that comes in our lives, no matter the circumstances, no matter the problems, we are supposed to be equipped to deal with it. And it comes from studying God's word. It comes from hiding the word of God in your heart so that when those times come of uncertainty, you are ready. You know you have built up yourself on your most holy faith. You're able to trust God to bring you through. That's why the Bible says in Hebrews, and being fully persuaded that whatsoever things he promised, he was able to what? Fulfill. See? And that comes from studying his word, reading his word. You know, when you're, when you're reading God's word, sometimes you, you have to, as you hear me say a lot of times, is you have to take yourself slow a little bit because you might read one passage here and not realize that it was bringing something else from here to join to it down here to be able to pull the answer over here. That's why the Bible says precept must be upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here little, there little. See, that's why when Jesus came, he made comments, have you not read to the religious leaders? Have you not heard what David did? How he spoke concerning me? You know, see, so if they would have had the, read the word of God, they would have known. Now, in Sunday morning, we've been talking about what? Uh, apostolic doctrine. We've been talking about apostolic identity. These things should be part of us constantly because that's who we say we are. And the way we learn these things is by reading God's word and studying God's word so that we know why we're doing why we're doing what we do. 
as Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needed not be ashamed, rightly divided in the word of truth. When a guy or gal graduates from school or college, it, whatever degree they have, they are expected to know the majority of the stuff that they have studied. So that now they go on and what? Practical applications. They learn, they start putting it into practice. And as a result, the more they practice, they study more, they practice more. They study more, they practice more. That's why they're called practitioners. <laughs> you know? And so that's why they do. And they learn more. And as they continue to go, usually they you find out pretty soon you've got a doctor or lawyer or whatever. That's what? He's the professional in that department because he knows more because he's done more. He's practiced more. And he's understand how the overall anatomy works and stuff. And so he's able to see things that the young apprentice may not be able to see. That's why the same way in the ministry, when you become ordained, you're supposed to be able to see more than the God is coming in on the on the bottom floor of the church. See? You're supposed to know more. If you've been around the church any period of time, you're supposed to know more than the person that just got saved. See, And that comes from studying the word of God and applying the word of God and reading the word of God and obeying the word of God. And more important than anything else, living the word of God. Say, your life is a reflection of what is in you. Say. And this is what Christ desires of us more than anything is to live it. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 5, he says, let your what? Light shine so that men can see your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. See, people are supposed to see Christ in you, the hope of glory. See, they took notice of the apostles in Acts 4, what? That they had been with Christ. So the more you spend with Christ, the more you spend in his word, the more you apply his word, you know what's going to happen? You're going to start looking just like your daddy. Yeah. You'll start looking just like him, acting just like him. Okay. That's why they took notice of the apostles. They'd been with Christ. They started doing the same thing he did. They started acting just like he did. And that's his overall goal is for us to be that way. So we want to get in this way of righteousness. So you got a purpose in your heart that I'm going to get in the way of righteousness. Amen. Number three, the way of life, the way of life. Proverbs 6.23, for the commandment is a lamp and the law is light and reproofs of instructions are the way of life. So there's a way of life, right? So now we've gone from a way of peace to a way of righteousness. Now we're in a way of life. So ask yourself, are you, do you have life? Amen. Do you live? Or are you just existing? See? You're supposed to live. You're supposed to be bubbling over with life. I am come that you might have life. See? And so you want to have that inside of you. Amen. You, you want to be able to, life can crush discouragement. Life can crush things that 
try to come against you. Because you know in whom you have believed. You know, Paul says, I think myself happy. You know? So, do you think yourself happy? Do you stir up the joy that's in you? As Paul told Timothy, God did not give you the spirit of fear. He gave you power. He gave you love and a sound mind. So we have to be able to stir up the gift that's in us. I can walk around all day long discouraged. You know, it, it, it's going to come. There's, it's a given. Okay? Discouragement is going to try to sneak in when it, when you get bad news or everything else. It's going to try to come in to discourage you. But look what David asked his soul, you know. He says, what's wrong with you, soul? So I think it's Psalms 42. I think it is. Let me see here. I think it's Psalms 42. That Old Testament and New Testament. <laughs> Somewhere in there, right? Yeah, verse, you know, verse 5, 42, 5. First he talks about, he says, as the deer, you know, pant or for the water brook. He says, so my soul longing for you, O Lord, right? Now notice verse 5. He says, why art thou cast down, O my soul? Notice he's talking to himself. You ever get in the mirror and ask yourself, what's up? Yeah. Uh, why, why are you discouraged? What's going on? What's What's up, you know? As Paul told him, stir up the gift. So David says, why art thou cast down, O my soul, and why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. Deep call it upon to deep in the noise of thy water spouts. All the waves and the billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will what? Command his love and kindness in the daytime. And in the night his song shall be with me. And my prayer unto God of my life. I will say unto God, my rock, why hast thou begot, forgotten me? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me. While they say daily unto me, where is thy God? Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? Hope thou in God, I will yet praise him who is the help and the countenance of my God. Amen. So he says, I'm still, I'm going to praise you because he's given me a garment of praise for the spirits of heaviness. Look at Lamentations chapter three between Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Lamentations three, verse 19. Jeremiah here says, remember mine afflictions and my misery, the wormwood and the gall. My soul have them still in remembrance and is humbled in me. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercy that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seek him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of God. Amen. So we got to get into the habit of, of worshiping and praising God, no matter 
what we go through. He's given me a garment, Isaiah 61, 3, a praise for what? The spirit of heaviness so that we may be called trees of righteousness, the planet of the Lord that he might be glorified. So I've got to get the mindset of Christ. Amen. I want to follow the example that he's given me so I will stay in the right way. The enemy wants to pull me out of the way. He wants me to go the ways of the world. He wants me to trust in myself. He wants me to trust in other things instead of God. See? And so he tries his best to, to pull me out of the way because he knows the path that we're on is leading to eternal life. And so he's trying to pull you and I out. He's trying to destroy the peace of the land. He's trying to, to destroy the righteousness. He's trying to do things to get you out of the pathway, out of this way, the way called life, the way that's called salvation, the way that leads to eternal life. He wants to pull you out of it. See? But you've got to be smarter than him. His ways, we, his, you know, Paul says we're not ignorant of his devices. See? The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God through the pulling down of strongholds, casting out imaginations and every hot thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. You want to have life inside of you. The way is life is above to the wise that he may depart from hell beneath Proverbs 15:24. Notice, God's word is full of instructions that give us life. The way of life is above to the wise. Say, wisdom calls to the children of God. Proverbs 8 says, I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but men hate what? Pride and pride and arrogance and evil way that the Lord hates. Say, in Proverbs 8, as you start out, it says, I wisdom, you know, it, it, it dwells in the high places, in the place by the concourse. It, it's calling to you constantly. At the entering of the gate, at the coming in of the city, at the coming of the door. Until you old men I call. Say, hey, look, come over here, get over here. Don't go that way. You have to be able to hear the voice of God. My sheep know my voice and I am known of them. The ways of life. What are the ways of life? Amen. It's God's word in his way. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul. The testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments are pure, enlightening the eye. The fear is clean and doing forever. And the judgments are true and what? Righteous altogether. Right back into the right path. See? You get out of the right path, just go right back to the Word of God. He's going to bring you right back in the right path. See? That's what God is desiring of you and I. So the ways of life, Jeremiah 21, 8, And unto the people thou shalt say, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. See? It's the same thing that Moses tells the children of Israel you know, in Deuteronomy 31, he says, I set before you life and death, blessings and cursing. Choose life. 
Why? So you can live. You know? It, it, the Lord says, I don't have any joy in, in the wicked dying. He says Ezekiel, I think Ezekiel 31 or 32. He says, I don't have any, any joy in, uh, them dying. You know, he wants people to be saved. He gave his life. Amen. So that people can live. Ezekiel 33, 11 is, is where that is. The Lord says, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Look at that scripture, Ezekiel 33, 11, real quick. Look, the Lord spake to Moses face to face as a, I mean, uh, Ezekiel, sweetie, not Exodus. Say unto them, as I live, said the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye, turn you from your evil ways. For why will you die, O house of Israel? See? So God is trying to give instruction. He's trying to give, he said, I don't have pleasure in people dying. You know? He just kept saying to Moses, Moses, they're stiff-necked people. They won't hear. They won't listen. See? But we that know truth, we must stay in this way called life. See? Because that's what he wants. The outward man perish, yet the inward man is what? It's renewed day by day. So how do we develop life? How do we develop life? Amen. Do what God's word says. Amen. Ask yourself, am I a doer of God's word? Do I follow his word? Say, do it. Jesus asked the question, he says, to the lawyer, you know, when he, he stood up to ask him about who his neighbor was, right? And he told the story about the good Samaritan, and he says, now, what, tell you what, which one of them you think was his neighbor? God said, well, I suppose the guy that did good, he said, good, go do likewise. See? He gives you the, <laughs> he gives you the answer of what you need to do. If you want life, you're going to have to do it. If not, it's not his fault. Number two, amen. Don't allow things to weigh you down. Don't allow things to weigh you down. Peter tells you in 1 Peter 5, 6, he says what? Cast all your cares upon the Lord. Why? Because he careth for you. Amen. It might be 5, 4 or somewhere. I might be ahead of myself here. You know, you know, 7. Cast all your cares. You know, again, like we said in the onset, when you sit down and talk to God over your call for prayer, tell him. You know, just get it out there to you between you and God. And you're in your secret closet. When things are bugging you, when it feels like it's too heavy to bear. Yes, sometimes I might need to come along beside my sister or my brother and just, you know, have a good talk and just share with them. You know, some things that in confidentiality to get some things off of me. But the majority of my weights and things I carry, I need to take it to God. See? And allow Him to handle the situation for me. Amen. Don't carry things around. You know, don't let it weigh you down. Get it off of you. Now granted, sometimes if you make mistakes, 
The enemy is going to use it against you. I'm here to tell you, he's going to plague you with it. He's going to be like the, 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 the you, you, the sugar and, and the ants is behind you. <laughs> you know, he's going to keep bringing it up to you. But you know what you've got to do? You got to still keep worshiping. You still got to keep praising. You got to tell him, get thee behind me, Satan. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. So you just got to keep pressing your way on through. As Paul says, forgetting those things which are behind. If you've confessed it to God and you feel God has forgiven you of it, I don't care how many times it comes up. You know, you just keep worshiping. You just keep magnifying the Lord. He'll make all things beautiful in his time. Amen. Because remember, the enemy's goal is to do what? Get you out of the path. To get you out of the way. So that's why he keeps hounding you. So you get in the habit of rebuking him, getting him out of you. Uh, amen. And I wait for you. Number three, don't be a complainer. Don't be a complainer if you want life. I, Psalm 77.3 says what? I complain and we gain what? Overwhelmed. You weigh yourself down. If you let people continue to complain to you and pour stuff on you, you know what will happen? If you're not careful, you start taking on that same spirit. See, it's a spirit. Complaining is a spirit. Same way with anxiety and panic attacks and all these things. They're, they're spirits. See? And so, therefore, you have to be able to overcome those things by the power and the blood of Jesus Christ. Number four, don't speak evil. Don't speak evil. Use your mouth. As Peter, I mean, Paul says in Romans 6, use your members for what? Or the edifying of God. Don't let your members be used for sin. So don't speak evil of people, no matter what they do. You know, as Christians, I mean, there's times I know I just want to say, man, there's clowns out in the, in the, in the world, you know, but they're, that's what sinners do. I was out there once. <laughs> I used to be one. See, so I can't forget from where I came. I can't forget how God brought me out, and he brought me out for a purpose, say, to be a witness, to be a light of his delivering and saving power. Isn't it amazing that when a guy that's been in the tombs in Mark, I think it might be Mark chapter 5, of course, is in other passages of the gospel. I was reading that today. But isn't it amazing when Jesus take on, kick all those devils out the guy, and the guy wants to go with him, Jesus tells him to go home and tell his friends what God has did? Yeah. Yeah. So notice, God tells him, no, you go home and tell your friends what I've done. He says, here, look. Now I deliver, if any, if we should be able to witness to anybody, it should be all those people we've been working with before we got saved. It should be all those people in the world that we say was our friends we used to hang out and run with. We should, if we can't tell them about God and what he's done, you know, then what are we doing? Those should have been the first people we turned back to, you know, to tell the truth of the matter. Even if you see them now, you should be willing to tell them what God has done. You know, it's amazing. You know, I, I get opportunities all the time on LinkedIn and stuff. You know, I got, you know, people that see me out there and, 
you know, and they say they want to link in with me. Yep, come on, I'm going to let you link right in because I'm going to tell you what the Lord has done, you know. And, you know, and who knows what is it going to do, you know. Because most, like I said, most of them knew who I was, <laughs> you know. So, but I, I think about that. So let's not speak evil. You know, look at Psalms 34, verse 11 through 14. It asked us, it says, you know, if you want long life and good days, notice what he says, come you children, hearken to me and let me teach you the fear of the Lord. Let me teach you how to respect God, he's saying here. Verse 12, what man is he desire life and love many days that he may see good? I think all of us want that, don't we? Look what he says to do. Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil, do good, seek peace and go after it. <laughs> that's, that's pretty pretty simple stuff, right? If I want to live and have good life, don't speak evil. Just get away from all the evil stuff and just go out there. Peace. Because that way of peace gives me life. That's what it goes back. Remember, the ways of peace is life. The ways of righteousness is life. See? And this is what God is trying to give us. There's a better way than what it might seem. This is easy to speak evil of people and talk bad about people. But let's stop and realize they need the Lord. Jesus says, lift up your eyes and look on the harvest field. It's white until harvest. I mean... If you just stop and talk to people for a few seconds, you're going to see how important they need the Lord. You know, the opportunities are there for all of us, you know, to share and to help out. So don't speak evil of people. Number five, don't skip church. (laughs) Don't skip church. You know, it's easy to skip church, right? Yeah, if you if you let it, you know, if you make up your mind to do that, you know, usually is is easy because the enemy is going to help you make sure you don't do you 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 do it. He'll he'll help you out. He'll tell you, yep. So then you say, well, I don't think I'm going to church. I don't blame you. I wouldn't go either. (laughs) That's what he he does. You know, think about all the stuff you got to do. I wouldn't go today if I were you. You got you can go to church anytime. Oh. Well, how would it be if the day you didn't show, Jesus showed up? Yeah. You know, it's like the story of the little boy missed church because he was sick and they had a, a Easter program and they had the palm branches. And so his sisters and them came home and told him all the things that transpired that Jesus showed up. And then he says, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. The day that I wasn't there, he showed up. <laughs> But you never know, you know. He had need to go through Samaria. You know, we we don't we never know. You know, the Bible tells us not this forsaken the assembly of ourselves together, but so much more as we see the days approaching. We can see that Jesus is coming. You know, so we need to be in the right way, learning the right way. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. 
So we need to be at the house of God. We need to dedicate, commit ourselves to early prayer time. As I was sharing uh, with people, we need to get to church and get prayed up. You know, not come in at the last minute to, and wait for the service to try to pump us up. We need to get into the habit of, as David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know, get get here and get involved in prayer time and exalt. And so when people walk through the door, you know, you're led by the anointing and the spirit of God. And you're sensitive to what is going on. Amen. So that God can use you to reach out and touch the visitors and those that walk through the door. So don't neglect the assembly of church. Amen. Number six, don't conform to the world. Amen. We How many times we hear this scripture, Romans 12, I beseech you, don't conform to the ways of the world. Say, we want to get into the, the habit of understanding. The reason a lot of people conform to the world is they don't know what the world is. Say, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life is not of the Father. Say, so we have to be able to discern right versus wrong, what is worldly and what isn't worldly. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We have to insulate ourselves, say, from the things of the world. We we don't want pride to pull us. We don't want lustful things to pull us, not unless we're lusting for more of Christ. <laughs> and then we have to be careful of that. Because if I get the lusting of the things of God and I start getting more, I can become prideful if I'm not controlled and led by the spirit of God. See, so therefore, we don't want to conform to this world. And what do we see? More people is conforming day by day by day by day to the things of this world. Churches are conforming to the ways of the world, you know. And so we have to be careful. As Paul says, a little leaven will leaven the whole lump. See, so don't conform to the world. Purpose in your heart. I'm going to be more like Christ. Number seven, learn to serve. Learn to serve. That's what Jesus says. The Son of Man didn't come to be served. He came to serve. See, so we got to have an attitude of servanthood. Is, is what God wants. If, if I'm going to have life, because the more I do, for Christ and others, the better I'm going to feel about myself and I'm going to live. I'm going to have, you know, more uh, life in me. And that's what Jesus says in Matthew 25 as he's talking about, I was in prison and you visited me. I was sick. You came to me. You did all these things. And they says, Lord, when did I do all these? He says, well, when you did it to the least of these, my brother, you did it unto me. Say, so we have to get in that servant attitude we paul tells us in galatians 5 13 he says let brotherly love continue and serve one another what in love say i want to serve have a servant's attitude number eight be obedient to what you're asked to do that is moral and ethical be obedient to what you're asked to do you know don't just take your responsibilities as you know, nonchalantly and some, well, if it gets done, it gets done. Well, I don't care. Well, nobody cares. Nobody. Don't have that kind of attitude. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. Say, 
know that you're pleasing to God. If we did everything to please God, I think we'd have a whole different mindset about things we do. If you're cooking a meal at home, if you say, man, I think God might show up tonight for dinner, so I better do it right. I think it'll be a whole different take. You know, if you was having the president at your house, I guarantee you make everything spacious and looking nice. You know, think about it. How much more? See? So do everything that is moral and ethically, you know, do it as unto the Lord. Amen. And number nine, I think it's nine or ten, one there. Keep God first in everything that you do. Matthew 6, 33, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Keep God first. Put, keep it in your mind. I'm on the road. I'm doing this unto the Lord. You know, everything I do, whether I'm giving, whether I'm worshiping, whether I'm witnessing, I'm doing it as unto the Lord. That's why the Bible says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, Hebrews 13, 1, whereby some have entertained angels unaware. See, I don't know. I read in Daniel and all of a sudden here's Gabriel just showing up. You know, <laughs> you know, you got angels just showing up all over the place. I don't know. You know, so I have to treat everyone as unto the Lord. You know, and I think the golden rule kicks in there too. Do unto others as you would have them to do unto you. Why? Because I want life. Number four, the way of holiness. Isaiah 35, 8. And a highway shall be there and a way, and it shall be called the ways of holiness. And in cleanliness not shall pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men, that though fools shall not enter therein. A way of holiness. A way of holiness. Amen. You know, we hear a lot about holiness in the church because God is holy, you know. But sometimes we have misconstrued holiness with the articles of faith. Say, holiness is separation unto God. You, you're giving your life dedicated to God. And part of that dedication comes the submission and obedience to those who have the rule over you. You know, and so you, you are, you're doing things that goes back to what we said, as unto the Lord. Say, and so once you have that understanding, of what you're doing, you're doing it unto the Lord. You're becoming disciplined because you're learning and growing and you get understanding to go along with what you're doing. You'll find it's easy to do what people ask you to do that is moral and ethical. See, that's the overall set in principles is, is it moral or ethical? Is it making me more like Christ? Is it making, taking me away from the things of the world? Say, I don't want to conform, remember, to the ways of the world. I don't want to go down that path. I want to be in the path called straight. I want to be in the path called holiness. Hebrews 12, 14 says what? Follow peace with all men. So here we are back in that peace path again. And now in the way of what? Holiness. Because without shall no man see the Lord. See? So I want to see him. I'm on a road to take me to him. So I got to study so that I know and I got to start getting rid of things that is going to weigh me 
down. Things that's not going to make me like him. My heart has got to be pure. I've got to talk to him. I've got to study his word so he can show me. He gives me instructions, things that I'm carrying that is not like him so I can get rid of it. See, I don't want to take on the ways of the world because I can't get there. I can't enter there. It's going to weigh me down. It's going to pull me further and further away from him. So I have to know what is right so that I will live right. I will do right. And I will be right and I will stay right. See, this is what God desires of us is to be in that holy place. Amen. How to develop holiness. Always see God, as I said, as being the holy God. First Peter 1.16. And that's why they just could not approach God anyway. See, the priest just couldn't say, oh, you know what, today, I, I'm tired of killing animals. I'm tired of doing, you know, this stuff. I'm just going to tap dance up in here like I want to. Yeah, you know? I'm just going to take some blood in here and just throw it on the mercy seat. You know, you've been zapped. See, and we have to be careful that we don't get that same kind of attitude. You know, how many times you hear the world and the people some, oh, just come as you are. Go back in the Old Testament and tell the priest that. <laughs> I guarantee you, they made sure they was right before they walked into that, into that sanctuary and, 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 and thing. Because they knew they would be zapped if they came up in there any kind of way. And we have got to get in the mindset. That we're not the same people we used to be. He's brought us out. He's brought us into a different way. And now he expects us to reflect him in purity and in holiness and conversation, as, as Paul says. Amen. And so we got to, we got to be right all the time. Amen. So. Holiness. Always see God as holy. Amen. Hey, guys, cut it out. So separate yourselves from anything that doesn't make you more like Christ. Separate yourself from anything that doesn't make you any more like Christ. First Corinthians six, nine through 12. You know, Paul says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor feminists, nor abusers themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covets, nor rubbers shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you're washed, but you're sanctified, but you're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Amen. See, so separate yourself from these things. Remember, that's what we used to be. So we don't return as the dog to his vomit. We don't return as the hog that's washed back to the muck and the mire. We purpose to stay pure. We purpose to stay clean. We do those things that will keep us sanctified and holy and set apart for the master's use. Galatians 5.16, learn to walk in the spirit. Paul says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not walk. Or feel the lust of the flesh. 
learn to walk according to God's word. Be led by the spirit of God. Amen. Avoid trying to emulate and be like others. Be yourself and be like Christ. Be yourself and be like Christ. Don't emulate others. Second Corinthians 10, 12 says we don't compare ourselves among ourselves. Amen. There's billions of dollars being spent, people trying to be like someone else. God is making you the way he wants you to be. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Let him work you. Let him show you. Let him lead you. Let him deliver you. Amen. So don't try to emulate others. Be yourself. Be yourself. Amen. <clears throat> Live virtuous. You know, Boaz told Ruth in Ruth 3.11, he says, "We've I've heard that you are a virtuous woman. Amen. Think about that. It says, I've heard that you're a virtuous woman. And then Proverbs 31, Solomon right? who can find a virtuous woman? You know, so we, we must be virtuous, amen, in our lives. In Proverbs 12, 14, just talks about a virtuous woman is a crown to her husband. But he that calls his shame is what? Rottenness in his bones. You know, so we want to be live virtuous, amen. The way we develop holiness is a life of prayer. Prayer. Pray. We've got to pray. You know, we need to talk to the one that can help us. We need to talk to the one who can show us and direct us. And then we need to always be thankful in everything. Give thanks. First Thessalonians 5.18. For this is the will of God and Christ Jesus concerning you. Colossians 3.15. And be thankful. Okay? When you look at Revelation 1, I mean Romans chapter 1, Paul says the reason that God gave them over to a reprobate mind was because they was not thankful. See, we've got to have an attitude of gratitude. I've got to be thankful. I've got to develop this thing called holiness in my life. Amen. And number five, amen on your paper. Amen. There's a way called the ways of duty. The ways of duty. The ways of duty. Jesus says in Luke 17:10, So likewise ye, when you have done all those things which are commanded of you, say we are unprofited servants. We have done that which was our duty. Duty. Amen. You've got to develop within yourselves a, a sense of urgency and follow through. You got to develop some follow through in your life if you're going to be duty. Whatever you are responsible for or whatever you've been asked to do, you need to follow up on it. You need to look at the area you're responsible for and says, okay, does certain things need to be changed? You know, am I doing it the right way? You know, you've got to be diligent about what you've been asked to do. You got to commit to what you're being asked to do. Duty, duty. Develop a sense of follow through on the things that you're doing. Don't just walk away and says, "Oh, well, that day is done." You know, because you walk in tomorrow at work. You know what? If you didn't straighten it up today, you're gonna have to do it tomorrow. You know, saying what? Don't put off today. <laughs> tomorrow, excuse me. Don't put off tomorrow for what you can do today. 
you don't, James says you don't know what tomorrow holds, right? So we have to be diligent about our duty today. Amen. We need to understand that God is the ultimate judge of what we do. Will he be well-pleasing with what we do? Is he well-pleasing with what I'm doing? See, so I have to have that understanding. Amen. I've got to take on more obligations and and take my obligations serious. Okay? I need to take my obligations serious. And I got to realize I always will reap exactly what I sow. Amen. So I must realize our, my obligations. I got to stand upon every vow that I make. I need to be accountable to myself and to others for what I am responsible. Most people don't have anybody they're accountable to. You need to be accountable to someone so that they can help keep you in the right way. You've got to take the initiative to correct wrong in your life. That's part of your duty. And you have a duty to live ethically and morally all the time and to do what is right all the time. You don't, you, you can't squirt, skirt that one. You've got to be ethical and you've got to be moral all the time as a child of God. Amen. Number six, the ways of truth, the way of truth. Psalms 119, verse 30. I have chosen the way of truth. Thy judgments have I laid before me. Choosing the, the way of truth. Amen. God is truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. John 14, 6. So Jesus says, you didn't choose me. I chose you, right? So if you have chosen the way of truth, amen, then you need to walk in that truth. You need to follow that truth. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. He's the way. He's the truth. Amen. If I don't study his word, I'm not going to know the truth. See, I have to understand apostolic doctrine. I got to know, amen, the truth of his word. Say, so that I can walk in truth and live in truth. I got to study and apply the word daily. I got to listen to hear, not to answer. Say, I've got to listen to hear, not to answer. So I have truth and know truth and understand truth. Search to and true, sure, what is told you is truth. Don't just run out and start blabbing what you hear all the time. Search it out to make sure what you're being told is actually truth. So that you can live truth. You will know truth. Because the truth will make you free. It will deliver you. It will keep you in the right path. If I follow error, what's going to happen? I'm going to be in the wrong path. Okay? God wants me in the right path. Yeah. That's why I used to like to read a couple of times a year, Pilgrim's Progress. Yeah. I used to love that book. You know, it just... Kept you going to see that you need to stay in the right path. Every time Christian got out the wrong way, what happened? He got in trouble. Yeah. But he made it. He made it. See? So we need to continue to walk in truth. Let truth be about us. Let Christ be in us. We put on what? Truth. We put on righteousness. When we are baptized in his name, we're 
in truth. We're in righteousness. We're in peace. We're in holiness. Amen. All these things that is in Christ, when we're baptized in his name, we're taking it on. Now it's up to us to keep it on. We are to keep on the whole armor of God. Amen. Number seven. Amen. We need to stay in the way of wisdom. Amen. We need to stay in the ways of wisdom. This is why you need to constantly read the book of Proverbs every day. Every day. It is a book of wisdom for the church, for the saints of God. And man, it will really bless you. Amen. If you just keep going over and over and over and over, it begins to show you true wisdom of God. Amen. So that you make right choices, you make right decisions, and you know you're walking in truth, you're walking in righteousness, you're walking in peace, you're walking in joy, love. All the things of God, amen, flows from the beginning of wisdom. Because 1 Corinthians one twenty seven says Jesus Christ is the power of God and it, he is the wisdom of God. And so therefore, when you have him on and in you and living in you, amen, that you will realize Proverbs, I mean, 1 Corinthians Chapter 1, verse 27. He is the power of God in the wisdom of God. Amen. And that's why when you read Proverbs 8, it says, I wisdom. You know, I was there before everything was ever established. See? And so you follow Christ. As Paul says, you follow me as I follow Christ. And we will walk in the way of wisdom. Amen. Don't listen to hear, but listen to that. Not listen to hear, not to answer. Know God's laws, his statutes, his testimonies, his commandments. Again, go back and, and study these things so that you have it hidden in your heart and study the book of Proverbs. Amen. And so with that, we've talked about a better way. And Jesus is always a better way. There's no other way. Amen. No other way than this way. Amen. It is called the way of holiness. It is called the way of truth. Amen. And that's where God desires that we walk in it. Amen. Continually. Amen. So next month we'll be talking about a better substance. Our second Wednesday night, we're going to have a guest here with us speaking. Amen. Brother Mahoney uh, will be with us on the 8th of August. He will be speaking that Wednesday night for us about a better substance. Amen. So you don't want to miss that as well. Amen. Praise God.